0: Come back to the dark side. I'm Brianna and I'm Paige and this is Dark Adaptation. to episode 54 of dark adaptation and as you can tell Paige is back i'm back i'm so happy you're back i'm happy to be here i love when you come on the show i love you're just a a little hero that comes in gives me a break Mm -hmm. and you're like coming in with all of your little cryptid or folklore because i don't know it's always a surprise now i don't know which one it will be this week a surprise until i recommend one and then you're like okay i'll take your recommendation seriously but maybe i don't do it right away so you mm-hmm. don't know when it's coming okay true
1: true true good point mm-hmm. and but if anyone does have any recommendations mm-hmm. that they would like out there
0: please submit it to us and uh i will take it into consideration yeah i that's one thing i really want case suggestions it could be through email podcast at gmail.com it could be on instagram comment on the post. comment on the post on instagram send us a message dark adaptation podcast it's very original <laughs> it's very simple you you can't miss it what's the name of this podcast oh okay great that's send it, it there making it as simple as possible for you guys mm-hmm. so yeah not only are you a little hero that comes in that gives me a break and i get to hear your excellent story also today you came you showed up in my apartment two bottles of wine in hand <laughs> gotta come bearing gifts because i don't know who i am i should be prepared this way and then i went to get the wine out of yes i'm gonna say a box okay i like boxed wine the it's not last shame don't don't shame it that last glass though i was like this tastes foul like dyson taste this <laughs> This tastes like vinegar. vinegar i'm like okay page is probably like already on her way but i'm like Paige, on your way can you please <laughs> No, you got me just in time. I was just about to leave, and you messaged me, and I was like, "Sure, perfect." Picked up a couple things for myself. Now we're good to go. Mm-hmm. We're all we're here. We're in the studio. All comfy. I'm getting comfy actually. Across yeah. my legs. I got my blanket
1: on me. I'm good. Yep. You got a bl- You
0: actually look very comfortable. You got pillows set up. Mm-hmm. So you're like leaning into your pillows. You got your blanket, your laptop. Your mic is perfectly here. My water in case I get parched. parched. In case I get parched, parched talking. Okay, so Paige, before I turn the reins over to you, Mm -hmm. as you will be pretty much the host of this episode. uh, Of course, I have to get my hosting fix in. Of course. So I wanted to give an Elnaz update. Yes, please. So um, Elnaz Hoshtamiri's case is a case that we covered um, in episode 11. Which was almost a year ago that we covered it. And throughout the past year, as like we've just been releasing episodes, if there's an update, I'll usually like just give an update at the top of an episode. Um, so the last update on her case, I didn't mention in one of our episodes, but I did post about it on Instagram, which again, go follow us on Instagram so you can stay up to date with all this kind of stuff. And it was an update from January 12th, which was the one year anniversary of her abduction. And that update was about the police offering a $100,000 reward to anyone with information that will lead to her location. And they had also released composite sketches of two of the masked men. And these sketches came based on details that were provided by eyewitnesses to the abduction. And they gave a brief description. So from a CBC article, it says, quote, Though the images are limited due to the suspects wearing masks, please look closely at their eyes and their features. Someone knows these men. All three wore dark jackets over fake police vests and balaclavas with white trim that they pulled over their noses and mouths. And they also had fake police badges chained around their necks. So that was the update that came out in January with the sketches of literally two men in balaclavas. So it's like... (laughs) Kind of up in the air as to how helpful that is. So on February 16th, this past week, they released more um, photos. And like not composite sketches, like legit photos. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first set of photos that they released is of suspects that the OPP believe are actually involved or related to her abduction. Okay. So from a Barry CTV News article... It says, quote, on Thursday, police released new images, adding the three suspects, two men and one woman, are linked directly to the kidnapping. OPP says the images were taken in Quebec, but the investigation shows the three are from Ontario. OPP Detective Inspector Martin Graham said, I would like to stress we certainly believe that while taken in Quebec, we believe strongly that they are in the Greater Toronto Area, GTA. Like they're still currently in the GTA area. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: came from quebec they're here
0: yeah they're either always f- been from the gta the photos were in quebec they just maybe made a trip out there which makes sense because her elnaz's ex-boyfriend uh mohammed lilo it was based in quebec Oh, and when he was arrested for the assault that and based on the assault and the abduction mm-hmm. um he was living in quebec So, obviously, there's a tie to Quebec and these photos were taken in Quebec, but they think they're mainly in the GTA area. GTA er area. The GTA. The GTA. (laughs) Thank you. It's like saying ATM machine. (laughs) So, they think these people are in the GTA. And um, I'll post pictures on Instagram so that you guys can look at them. And then the OPP released more photos. This time it was of men that they've identified as persons of interest related to the parking garage attack. So a month before she was actually abducted out of Wasaga Beach, Mm -hmm. she was attacked in the parking garage of her Richmond Hill apartment. And they believe that these men have information about the attack because they had rented vehicles around the same time. And they're not saying that they are like suspects but they think that they might have some information. So they released photos of these people. So, yeah. Um, again, on Instagram, I'll post photos of these, the suspects, of the persons of interest, uh, maybe some like clip, like blurbs from the article, uh, just so you guys can look at them too. And then I wanted to remind everyone that there, if you have information, no, no piece of information is too small. Like anything. Matter can be helpful. Like and maybe you don't even know it or you're like I don't really know if this is worth mentioning. Like who cares? It doesn't hurt to just say something. Mm-hmm. Uh if you have anything, contact the OPP directly or there's a dedicated tip line which is 1833 728 3415. And remember there is a $100,000 reward. It's a joint reward between the OPP and the York Regional Police. So, I mean anything that will lead to the whereabouts of Mm Elnaz help bring her home help yeah exactly bring Elnaz home so yeah I know that sometimes you'll ask me Paige about like any updates with Mm Elnaz so that is the most recent one that came out on the Thursday well thank you for updating us and yeah it's just nice to have I mean obviously it was nice when the composite sketches came out but it was kind didn't, of yeah didn't have any information up until then and now we're kind of getting a little bit more yeah a bit more, so. actual photos of the three um individuals they think were involved in the abduction some photos of some dudes that they think might have seen or known something not suspects they're just saying persons of interest so mm-hmm. yeah we're slowly getting getting somewhere and you know that the obviously the opp has like way more information in the background and this is just what they're like methodically picking and choosing to release yeah so again doesn't even matter if you are like this could be pointless like Mm -hmm. just say something it doesn't hurt yeah yeah they can always look into it and
1: check it and what if it does lead to something that uh finds So, Mm -hmm.
0: give them a call people yeah you could get a hundred thousand dollars well that's incentive enough (laughs) okay So, yeah, just wanted to give that update. Okay, Okay, so, Paige, the last time that you were on the show, Mm -hmm. it was before Christmas. Yep, just before. So, you told us all about Grilla Mm -hmm. and her little wee Yule lads. Yep. And I have a feeling that today, you know, we're not going to be talking about swiping sausages or (laughs) sniffing doors. Or meat hooks. Or meat hooks or candle swiper so i'm gonna i've closed my laptop now i've turned the turning the reins over to Ooh, you all official and thank you dyson and uh yeah so uh, tell tell me and the people what we're doing today i'm so excited okay, okay. oh my god okay, wait, i gotta get comfy i got my wine okay let's do this you settled <laughs> settled for a story yeah
1: okay so this is our february episode right mm-hmm. and so valentine's day just passed mm-hmm. did you guys celebrate
0: yeah we did What did you guys do <laughs> um. <laughs> like fucked, like everyone else. yep Okay. Uh, and we made. I made dinner. I made a delicious um, elf, chicken Alfredo pasta and garlic bread. Ooh, yummy. And he got me chocolate, of course. Laura Secord chocolate. Ooh, nice chocolate. And um, a set of a, an opal necklace and earrings, matching earrings. Oh, cute! The necklace is very cute. Yeah. I like it. And. Oh. Um, I was very surprised by the jewelry because it's spot on who I am, and Opal is my favorite. And so when I was opening it, well actually before he even gave it to me, the the necklace and earrings come in a little box. And so before he even handed it to me, he's like, I need to be very clear, this is not a ring. <laughs> Good, <laughs> cuz it on you. When you Like, honestly, when you are handed that box, it looks like you're going to open up a ring. You're a little scared there for a second. I was scared "Uh." a little bit. Yeah. When he's like, I just want to be clear. It's not like, it's not what you think. It's not a ring like you think. Like, don't, don't think that. And I was like, um, what is it? And then you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. A little, a set of Opal earrings and a necklace and it's beautiful. And I haven't taken the necklace off. Oh, that's so sweet. And yeah. So we ate dinner and... That w- we didn't do anything had else. a great night <laughs> well my mom and dad are listening like
1: Woof. you know what that's life that is life what do i it's valentine's day yeah it's that one day a year that you show love for someone or someone's you yeah know, depending i guess if you're being sneaky or open doesn't oh, matter
0: oh i thought you meant like galentine's like or should... sure galantines,
1: why not i celebrate what you want on that day and it's like all about all the love that you show that person on that day is supposed to last you the rest of the year, right? Yeah. The celebration of romance and appreciation for your partner, how you would do anything for them, mm-hmm. you know, get them flowers, some chocolates, have a nice dinner. Maybe that's
0: not your style and you'd rather go paintballing or a comedy show. True. Right? I actually know people that do comedy shows. Why instead? not? Do yeah. what you love, that's right? That's like their favorite little outing date night thing to do.
1: Yeah, you can do whatever makes you happy. You don't have to do the stereotypical go get a dinner in a busy
0: restaurant. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like candlelight, candlelit pasta. Yeah. So
1: either way, it's a day to celebrate uh, the truest forms of love, the kind of love where you think you found your soulmate, the kind of love a hero's risk their lives for, the kind of love that you die for. Uh Uh-oh. And who's there to reap the souls but the grim reaper? Are you kidding me? No, we're doing the Grim Reaper today.
0: Wow! I don't. Even, I'm. I'm okay. I'm here. We go. I'm strapping <laughs> settling
1: in. in. I'm fucking excited. The Grim Reaper. Are you? Was that anything that you
0: thought I might do? No, I have. I no. I'm never. I would never have guessed the Grim Reaper. No. Um. I. I mean, obviously, sometimes I think, like, I wonder what she'll do. And for this week, I just was like. I bet she'll do like some sort of like weird little cryptid that I've never heard of. So I was way <laughs> wrong. I decided to go the complete opposite way, and no, I never would have guessed Grim Reaper. But I'm very excited. But it's always entangled in love,
1: like you have like Romeo and Juliet, right? Like mm-hmm. that that love that you die for each other. Yep. There's a bunch of movies that have that. You've got um, like say Tony Stark in the world. He just <laughs> loves the world so much.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, that's the die for fruit. this world. The Grim Reaper is waiting there, like, go ahead, die, do it, snap your fingers. I'll come and get you, or I'll whatever. Reap ya. The Grim Reaper, I'll reap you. I'll oh, reap you. Gotta be careful. Don't switch around some of those vowels. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay, let's
1: do this. The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. So obviously, you know, death itself, sometimes called the Angel of Death, also called the Black Death as well. So it has a couple of different names, right? Okay. And the personifications of death existed long before any mention of the Grim Reaper. So in certain cultures, death is personified as uh, female, such as French, Italian, Portuguese, and Romanian. In uh, Slavic mythology, the go- they have the uh, goddess uh, Marzana, okay. who is associated with winter's death and rebirth. Poland's Grim Reaper appears to be in a white robe instead of the more well-known black robe. And uh, there's also Santa Morte, which means Lady of Holy Death, and is also referred to as Lady of the Dead, Lady of Shadows, Lady of the Night, um, and is usually depicted as a skeleton dressed in a robe carrying a scythe and
0: globe. So always at least some sort of robe is pretty common theme here. Yeah,
1: the Grim Reaper usually is depicted with a robe.
0: The idea of a white robe creeps me out, though, because if you see white, you think like holy sterile like very clean pure. usually something pure and good and that it's the, potentially the freaking angel of death coming for you all robed in white and you're like no yeah just yeah, so to trust it like you i mean you always know the black right mm-hmm. black symbolizes a lot of death in culture death but... mourning all that so yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting also the here yeah. that it's, could be a woman or like um personified as a woman is like yeah interesting
1: Yeah, there's also um, Hel, the goddess of death and the daughter of Loki. uh, And she comes from Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. So you'd see, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's Hel or Hela that's in um, Thor Ragnarok. I don't know if that's the same one or not. I'm but I never, believe it is. I've
0: never seen it. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's also um, Anubis, which is the Egyptian god of the underworld. Oh, I know all about Anubis. Yeah, he's got the head of the, a jackal yeah. and watches over proper burial and judgment in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um. And the Jewish refer to the Grim Reaper as like the angel of death. That's their kind of term for it. Um. And the Japanese have the Shinigami. Shinigami. Shinigami okay gods of death and the underworld and it's relatively new to mythology and is only really a few centuries old but basically they're soul they're soul rippers and they don't abduct souls uh when it's their time but they invite them into the afterlife and that awaits them and try and get them to come voluntarily
0: okay like a vampire <laughs> <laughs> we invite you in but let me rip your throat out <laughs> That's, uh, that's cool,
1: though. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have a switch where it's not coming for you, but inviting you in.
0: Yeah. Rather like, hey, More we're peaceful. You know, you can sit with us if you want. Yeah. You want to come this way? There's an open invite. You, you don't need
1: to be- haunt those people. Come into the afterlife. It's fine. So, Look,
0: like, we're nice guys. We're nice. It's a great time here. We're playing ping
1: pong. We're, you know, having some <laughs> brewskis. We're great. <laughs> Play ping pong, some brewskis. Come on. It's a party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, and Beguet, which is the Haitian and voodoo death god who resides over cemeteries, death, healing, women, fertility,
0: and motherhood. Oh, some of those things sound disjointed, but okay.
1: Yeah, you you would find <laughs> it in Haiti, and then you'd also kind of find it in New Orleans as well.
0: Oh, I want to go to New Orleans so bad. It would be so freaking cool to Okay, let's that. plan a trip. Let's do it. I'm okay. Down. Dyson, you want to go to New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans? Sure,
2: can we go, like, fuck around with some voodoo stuff? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, oh no, we gotta cleanse
2: ourselves before we come home. I either get to take it home with me, we go for okay, we go for a nice romantic, we go for a nice romantic walk in the Louisiana swamp. All oh, the three of us, so nice. Where, where I obviously find some sort of cool effigy that I then get to pick up and bring home with me, or we go to a shaman's hut. Me and her make a blood oath.
1: Oh, this escalated so fast.
2: <laughs> and then I get to have a joint séance with her with a Ouija board. No. But um, it's a blood oath, so we also like to start it, you have to like cut your hand and then you have to like bind the the circle together with the Ouija board and then and then and then you have to like look through the little um the planchette. aglet planchette thing. Aglet? I don't I don't know. Planchette thing And you have to say You have to say You can't get me You can't get me Voodoo man And then you spin around Three times Clap your hands And then you say Or you take my soul And then And then you get I either get to do that Or it's the the
0: Or the taking the item home Why did I ever Pass the microphone Over to you? So
1: You go do what you want (laughs) I'm coming home On a different flight
0: (laughs) Well I'm living with you then If he's bringing creepy voodoo, voodoo shit into this part. Just I won't even let him bring a him. Ouija board in. will be fine. You want the
2: first option over the second?
0: The first option is fine because then Paige can be there and we just hold hands and walk through a swamp. Yeah. Romantically, obviously.
2: But I get to bring the effigy. I pick it up. Didn't work out for... You're
1: still uh, going on a flight
0: by yourself. I am
2: not going on that
1: flight. <laughs>
0: you know what the thing here is? That Dyson just wants to say effigy. <laughs> it is a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great word. Effigy so yeah dyson that trip will happen in the summer mm-hmm. winking at Great Paige. Paige. <laughs> Paige will go later
1: okay we'll send him to new orleans on his own maybe we'll just send him across the country <laughs> <to dance back.
0: laughs> we're sending him to new orleans or just drop him in utah somewhere random
2: <laughs> i wouldn't know the difference
0: <laughs> he wouldn't send him to orleans in the uk oh my god yeah whoops that's what? a really long flight. We sent you somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have fun. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Dyson.
1: Okay. So back into it. <laughs> so um, ancient Greeks saw death. The god Than- Than- Thanatos. 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 Thanatos.
0: It depends where you put the emphasis. Yeah. Thanatos. Thanatos.
1: Thanatos. Thanatos. Um, and they saw him as a bearded and wigged man. Uh, Born of the goddess of the night, Nyx, son to Erebus, the god of darkness, and twin brother to Hypnos, the god of sleep. Mm. So he is depicted as a young man flying while carrying a sword. And um, there's also Charon, which is the ferryman that guides souls from Earth to the underworld in Greek mythology as well. And so, funerary vases from ancient Greece in the fifth and fourth century are decorated with painted scenes of Charon, and uh, receiving like the dead on his
0: boat. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, and it's kind of it kind of has like notes of the Japanese um, culture where it's like we're inviting you in, mm-hmm. and Charon is like lead, like guiding you, leading you.
1: Yeah, he is the one that brings you into the underworld. Mm. that's cool. Hmm, and. Chiron is also known as, uh, like, shown as being surly and a dirty old man carrying <laughs> a pole in one hand and ushering the dead aboard his boat with the other.
0: Okay. I, first of all, didn't picture it that way. But now that I'm thinking about Disney's Hercules, I can see that. Because they're, like, in a weird boat and there is the big, like, cane. Yeah. Ushering you down, like, the whatever river that is. Maybe, like, River Styx. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's the River Styx. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. But yeah. But I didn't picture that originally, but that is great i i would think
1: that i would kind of picture him as like gaunt as kind of like almost dead like because he is the one that is like kind of between worlds right
0: i know which makes sense mm-hmm. but i guess just because it's like greek mythology and you're thinking of like gods and goddesses i just pictured for like someone just so masculine and like brawny and handsome or something well, they're
1: supposed to be that way right they're supposed to be like unstoppable mm-hmm. unbeatable like the god of whatever but then it's like of
0: course like Look, look at your job dude you're not gonna be
1: well he's actually not a god
0: <laughs> oh right yeah he's not
1: but the the god of dead of death is mm-hmm. but uh karen is just the fairy man that's true i yeah.
0: just it's greek man as soon as you talk anything ancient greek i'm like it's probably a brawny man it's probably a brawny <laughs> man
1: <laughs> half naked
0: yeah right
1: so Some versions of the Grim Reaper describe him as a spiritual guide for souls who have departed from the mortal world, and others refer to him as an entity of death who can kill people through touch or will. And most notably, the Grim Reaper appears to be like a tall skeletal figure dressed in the black hooded robe. Sometimes you can see the face beneath the hood, and others is just depicted as like kind of a
0: dark void. Yeah, like just a black hole. Yeah. That's how I usually picture it. Faceless. That's also a Death looks like in RuneScape. It's a lot of depictions like that.
1: <laughs> so I mean, even in the newest movie, uh Spirited by Will Farrell and Ryan Reynolds, um, Tracy Morgan plays the voice of death or like the third <sighs> the third ghost of Christmas past. No, future. Ghost of Christmas future. future. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's the uh, Grim Reaper and is faceless. So
0: Wow, I haven't seen that movie. I actually didn't even hear about it. It's funny.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Um, and so he's commonly known to also carry a scythe or an hourglass, mm-hmm. and in some cases, the entity is described as mute or limited verbally.
0: Oh, okay, I didn't know I don't that. Want to say very much. That adds to the creepiness. Mm-hmm. Very ominous. You're Ooh. only
1: there for one reason, right? Doesn't need to explain anything. As soon as you see him, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Unless you're in the Sims and you try to duel him for <laughs> your life. <laughs>
0: I love how both of us are referencing video games as their like standard of what the Grim Reaper is or death is. I'm like, that's what he looks like in RuneScape. You die in, die in the wilderness, you know, you're brave, you go in the wilderness, players attack you, you die. You got to make it back quick to your headstone mm-hmm. so that Grim Reaper will give you back your shit. This is the modern Grim Reaper. <laughs> this is this is it. This is what we're talking about, right? You see them everywhere. But
1: why? Where did it come from? Well, I'm here to tell you. And I love it. And here we go. Mm-hmm. So during the 12th and the 13th century, Europe's population would grow from about 1 million in uh, 1085 to about 6 or 7 million at the start of the 1300s. Whoa. There was a huge growth in population. There. That's what we call a boom. Uh, yeah, there was a boom. And the rest of the continents combined were an elevated to about seventy to a hundred million people
0: in the same span. Of yeah, time. Holy fucking yeah. shit! Everything
1: they had really good crop years. They had really good um, like weather and everything. Uh, lots of prosperity. They were starting to uh, build more agricultural lands and stuff like that. So they were celebrating Valentine's Day uh-huh. Am uh-huh. Right? every day. Eh? <laughs> you need those kids to help work the fields. <laughs> and uh, so. At the beginning of the 14th century, uh, the in the 1300s, was known as the Little Ice Age. And so the Baltic Sea uh, that is centered between the present day Sweden, Finland, Russia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Germany, and Denmark, mm-hmm. froze over twice in 1303 and 1306 to 1307. Wow. So it, it froze over like completely and it was like for a while yeah so this caused a widespread drop in global temperatures which caused cold weather and many heavy rainfalls through europe in 1315 and this would lead to the crops rotting which bred diseases Mm -hmm. that caused the cattle and the sheep numbers to fall drastically as much as by 80 percent.
0: oh my god that is an actual nightmare
1: yep and all your crops were dying too yeah. So you couldn't even feed anything off of that. And it really started to take effect in the spring of 1315 until the fall of 1317.
0: But it's a long time. Yeah.
1: But most people wouldn't recover until 1322.
0: I mean, that makes sense. You essentially had like a poisoned crop. Like you're going to have to totally start over.
1: All by hand.
0: Exactly. And all, all your cattle. That you used. I was going to say, all by hand, because usually you have a mule of some sort. They probably fucking died. Yep. Probably all gone. You got to wait for it to grow up
1: died from famine right so whoa that's actually really scary it is yeah and this all led to a drastic increase in crime disease mass death mm. cannibalism and infant side ew yeah
0: so I mean, like if it couldn't get worse than cannibalism then you get infant side
1: yep and so that w- meaning for the people that don't know is that you purposefully kill a child due to it being either unwanted or not wanting or having the resources to waste on this child Um, so there were even reports of the poor feeding on hanged bodies that they had taken down in Poland. My
0: jaws just dropped. I'm like, oh my God. People were
1: hungry. I know. And it's the poorest of the poor that have to do this because they, they can't feed themselves. Exactly. It's
0: just, there's no way that just totally snowballed into like, Hey, you thought it was bad. Well, Mm -hmm. just you wait. People are killing babies they thought were burdens and Mm -hmm. eating each other.
1: Yep, exactly. Whoa. And the average life expectancy during this time was 29 to 30 years old. And it is estimated that about 10
0: to 25% of the population died, which is estimated about 1 million people. That's what I was just going to ask. I was like, how many people is that? Because that seems like a lot of people. Yeah, it is a lot of people. And this is only over the course of a few years, really.
1: Yeah, this is over like uh, two two years of mm-hmm. um, the weather and stuff like that being affected through the crops and then like being able to actually get the crops to grow took like another five years.
0: Good Lord.
1: Yeah. And then... Also, as Europe recovered from the Great Famine, King Edward III of England made a play for the French throne. Mm. So the reason this started was because in 1328, King Charles IV of France died without a male heir. And 12 years before his death, uh, Salic law had been recognized, which ruled against having a woman succeed the throne. Oh, of course. And Charles the Fourth had only uh, two surviving daughters with his uh, last wife. Their names were Mary and Blanche. And with his third wife, who, when they were one years old, when uh, his uh, when he died, mm-hmm. Mary was one, and um, Blanche was not born until after his death. Okay. And upon learning that Blanche was a girl, the throne of France went to Philip the Sixth, uh, who was his cousin by his father's brother. Okay. And. King Edward III disputed that the law states that it cannot be succeeded by a woman. It does not say that it can't be succeeded through a woman in a female line. Oh, So King Edward III was Charles's nephew through his sister Isabella and grandson to the previous king, uh, King Philip VI. Yes. So Isabella, upon Charles's death, attempted to claim the throne of France on behalf of Edward, but French nobles disputed this and ultimately decided that she had no authority to claim such a thing and that they would rather have a native-born Frenchman uh, wear the crown rather than someone who was, had such strong ties to England, because he grew up in England. He was born in England. Okay. And then during the war, both England and France set a high tax for the public to fund their wars, of course. <sighs> And this is after the people of both countries had witnessed decades of warfare, destruction of cities, towns and villages, an economic decline, particularly hitting the poorest the hardest.
0: Well, that makes sense. Like you're saying, it was this terrible widespread famine where people are just resorting to crime and murder and cannibalism. Yeah. And these are the people that, of course, are affected the most. Yeah. And that
1: have to pay the highest taxes. Right? So annoying. Yeah. England's population uh, demonstrated their revolt in 1381, and it is called the Peasants' Revolt due to the high taxes, uh, political and socio-economic tensions, um, and an unstable leadership of England. All fair points. Because particularly during this time, King Richard II was king of England. Okay. Who was 14 at this time and was crowned king at 10 years old.
0: Good Lord. He was a baby man.
1: Yeah, he was a baby and he didn't he's really care.
0: <laughs> he was, he was a baby. baby. He was a child. I know. Yeah.
1: But he's running a kingdom. Like, it's crazy. No. And he really didn't care about the war and instead just gave special treatment to his friends. Okay, uh, he's 10.
0: He probably. Well, 14, I guess, at this point. At but, this like. Point, yeah. He doesn't fucking understand it. Of course, he doesn't care about the war. No, There's it was no, started by someone else. He barely has a concept of himself, let alone things outside of himself. He's, like, just having a party with his friends.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's having fun with his friends, and that upset many nobles within England. It's for upsetting me. Reasons.
0: I'm not even a noble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then france also had a revolt in ruin which um because there was a new sales tax on salt um eight so people who worked to transport goods and customs duty and there were uh tax farmers who had been appointed to collect debts that were owing oh no and yeah, that
0: people loved them. Yeah. Well,
1: an angry mob mm-hmm. uh, from mainly the poorest section of the city, yeah. targeted by the wealthy, uh, or sorry, targeted the wealthy, yeah. c- uh, counselors of the town, churches, and the tax farmers
0: oh true churches of course because they would probably just get away scot-free with everything
1: yep and then so they went after them too so yeah and then a few people died but mainly went about like looting major businesses and even looting public records containing um information about like rent uh lawsuits debts or any other types of rights given unfairly uh which were then subsequently destroyed
0: I mean, honestly, it Smart. is all for the time, especially because, like, I believe this is also around the time of like dark ages, where like churches are coming in, sweeping in, erasing all kinds of history. So why not you get a rebellion of people coming in? And they're like, "Oh, cool, we'll do it too." <laughs> oh yeah,
1: there there was a lot going on, and a lot of the the Christian churches did to a lot of Jews during mm. this time as well. Um, sad but
0: not not shocking
1: no not really shocking so this revolt lasted three days and a few days later a second revolt happened in paris where a gathering of about 500 men attacked the tax farmers uh and collection booths and when then they started looking for weapons and even went as far as to loot churches businesses the wealthy and government buildings
0: wow so they were just out there wild and on anyone up
1: yeah out for blood yeah and uh, and um, coming across the government officials, nobles, collectors, or business owners, owners, they would be de- beaten to death.
0: Oh God! What
1: kind of weapons would they have? Um, probably like, any type of farm equipment. Yeah, that's what I was.
0: I was like picturing like a p- pitchfork and like it's classic pitchfork, mm-hmm. axe or something. Um, if you were like some sort of blacksmith, all oh, your tools, forging equipment, yeah ooh, here's the wrong place, wrong time. A rock?
1: I could go walk my dog. They're like, (laughs) ah! Then beat you to death in the street, yeah. Woof. And then they would make their way to a section of the city where a large number of Jews were residing and would also attack them, (sighs) killing hundreds of Jews and forcibly baptizing their children.
2: Oh,
0: Lord!
1: I know. Oh, God! That's like the worst part, I think, personally.
0: Well, I mean, you're just immediately, already you're like, Great, Jews, can't wait to just ruin your life because mm-hmm. we're sick. Second of all, uh, it's a totally different religion. What is the biggest way to spit in your face? Oh, impose this on your children. Yeah. That's nightmarish. Well, it's exactly what um, the U.S. and the
1: Canadian government and the churches oh. did to all the indigenous people in the world. A
0: great analogy. Mm-hmm. Also incredibly devastating. It is. Um, I'm so sorry for, for everyone. Who's Native American Indigenous? Indigenous peoples, man. I'm sorry. Don't worry, you'll get your land back eventually. There are some places. Actually, I, I we were watching um a show on Paramount Plus. What was the show called, Dyson? Never seen again. It's about people who disappeared. And it, they were talking about an area right on like the border of Quebec and Ontario. I believe it is Anishinaabe people. Is that what it was, Dyson? Anishinabe
2: think
0: so and they the all oh, the land they live on there their reserves is completely theirs it's really? owned completely by them they are like bringing in so much more aspects of like their culture people left right and center are like speaking the language anishinaabe language and like it's their land that's amazing and i was like i i i just didn't know i just didn't know that they had their own land in some places especially in canada where it's like nope ours yeah completely ours our language our rules teachings everything mm-hmm. well i know that everywhere
1: that um they have their uh the reserves they're trying to make sure that it's theirs and that they're getting their land back especially i've been hearing about obviously in bc and stuff mm-hmm. like that with yeah. the mounted police coming in there's and- just so many illegally,
0: of course illegally mm-hmm. there's just so many reserves where even though it's like uh, even like Six Nations, for example, which is like one of the biggest reserves in Canada. It's like right next door to us, where yeah, we are right now. South of us. Um, it's a reserve for Indigenous people, but it's <clears throat> not like it's totally their land. No. So I just thought that was really cool. And I was watching this mm-hmm. documentary and learning, like, oh shit, like that's actually like their space, their land. That is awesome. Like, of course, it should be that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, diatribe over. Yeah,
1: sorry. Can I, like, I just want to, like, make a side note to that of something that I just remembered. Yeah. I believe it's in Japan. Um, There was this guy who um, had some land and he put, he, I think he planted the seed of a tree and watched the tree grow. And then he wanted to keep the tree there. So he entitled the land surrounding the tree to the tree so that the tree had the land of itself. And so the government and the city couldn't knock it down because it legally had its own space and it had its own protection. Oh my
0: God. And then
1: at some point that tree was knocked down in a storm. So the people of the city decided to take a seed from that tree and plant a new one. So it inherited, because it was technically the parent of this new tree, it inherited the land.
0: Oh my God, I love that so much.
1: Right, isn't that cool? that is amazing land owning itself which oh. it always should have done and always should be
0: that guy was like you don't fucking touch my tree i'll get you i'll get you mm-hmm. in a little bit of a little loophole here oh the tree that so you want to cut down well guess what it's its own entity now and it owns the land yeah so fuck you yeah exactly <laughs> i think
1: you like paid like a, a dollar to it or whatever <laughs> yeah so i
0: mean like that's freaking smart that is i that's fascinating turning the tides a little bit man i love learning new things
1: right exactly fun facts eh keep teaching me stuff that's new let's go okay well um the king of france would come into paris a few days later to negotiate um but ultimately the king refused to meet their demands and this caused more riots to spread in other cities until the king repealed the taxes and offered a pardon to them
0: the 14 year old
1: uh no, the king of France. Oh,
0: okay, sorry. I was like, no. well, if the fourteen year old was deciding <laughs> who gets a pardon? No, this would be um I believe it's John at this time. Okay, sorry. Yes. Oh, no, that's okay. Gotta make sure I'm, I'm following. Yeah,
1: you're following. And then um after all this, both kingdoms were on financial collapse. And so they created a truce which lasted thirteen long years, um, which was the longest period of peace during the war.
0: I mean, it doesn't even seem that long, but... No, it doesn't. Right? I guess it would be in a time where everyone's just fucking guns blazing out there. Well, for
1: a hundred years at that point, they don't know, but it's going to be a hundred years long. Oh! Yeah, over a hundred years. It's called the Hundred Year War. Oh, sorry. I was still fixated on
0: 14 years of peace. <laughs> 13, yes. 13 years, 13 of, years of peace. Yeah. um, But then the truth <laughs> broke. I'm just, like, scatterbrained. You Can't. can drink in some wine. Um. Also, yeah, I've been drinking some wine, but also Dyson got my attention. That's true. He and, distracted you, and he did distract me. And I, Dyson, what did you distract me with?
2: I was just browsing through our Podbean stats and stuff, and then I saw that we were featured on Podbean on their, uh, like all category, like they're oh, really? of all the podcasts that they have, we were show the featured. Yeah. yeah, show me. There we are.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Hello, Podbean um,
2: listeners. How are you doing?
1: You're second. Second in the list. That yeah. is amazing. Isn't I'm so cool? happy for you guys. Yeah, that's I'm so glad I sent fun. that email to them. <laughs> yeah, part of this yeah. Occasionally, but I'm here.
0: Okay, sorry. I was distracted because he showed me that screen, and then after that, I was just daydreaming and I apologize. So okay. I was like, I have to say why I am uh recounting details wrong. That's because we're on podbeam that's very exciting to it learn is very exciting and yeah. earlier this week dyson had been like hey i don't know what happened but all of a sudden got a huge boom of like people that are just following us on really? podbeam pod from, podbeam no it was bean from, uh, remember
2: when I told you? it was from remember when i told you like oh i'm gonna send this email and see if like podbean wants to feature us because they were they they were like hey are you guys doing something cool like send us an email, and maybe we'll put you on the featured section. And I was like, it's a long shot, right? And they didn't even tell us they did it; they just did it. And then all of a sudden, we started getting a bunch of followers. So thank you, guys. That's, That's awesome, fucking dope, and, and welcome. We're finding out now on the podcast, so we're excited about it. Anyway. We're doing
0: it live. <laughs> That's a, it's a little chaotic in here. What do you want from us? We're That's just okay. we're just people. We're having fun, and and welcome all new people. Yes, welcome. What about the Grim Reaper? Else. I feel like all I do is interrupt you and (laughs) ruin your flow. So rude.
1: No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You want to know about the truce? Of course. Okay. Of course. So, (laughs) So the truce then broke in 1402 after the new King Henry IV, who took the throne from Richard in England and attempted some politically and aggressive moves against France.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, if you have the throne, why not?
1: Yeah, he starved
0: Richard and killed him. So that is an awful way to die. Yeah, in a tower, I believe. Oh, it's a- okay. You didn't even have to say that. I literally just pictured <laughs> like this tower where he was isolated at the top. Everyone dies <laughs> in and the you know, tower like, in the Middle Evil Ages. He probably took his clothes too, so he was miserable and uncomfortable and cold in that tower. Died of frostbite, I'm sure. Starvation. Yeah, that's a nightmare. I know. Eh? The body eats itself. Yeah. Awful. It is awful. That's sick. Medi- medieval times, man. Yeah,
1: and then after this, the war would continue for another five decades before France would finally take back the lands England attempted attempted to steal.
2: <sighs> yeah,
0: crazy, right? All for nothing. All for nothing, and then, it, and then, like you can't help but think about like just civilians, just people that have to live in this on this land and in, in this area, and just just suffering because there's just some weird fucking dispute going on for like what reason though petty reasons petty reasons and like power tripping
1: mm-hmm.
0: prideful reasons and overthrowing a throne to just have it and why that's what
1: all wars are though it's these men <sighs> who decide that they want something that someone else has gets mad and throws a temper temper tantrum over it yeah. and then causes a bunch of people to die of their own people so and other people
0: yeah the, for no reason the casualties are always people who are just like hi um i'm just trying to live
1: yeah they just told me they forced me here and now i'm dying for this so lord anyways so <laughs> hey it's all part of the history yeah and 20 years into this war brings about the worst pandemic in human history the black plague
0: i was just gonna say oh my god are you talking about the black plague right now
1: yeah yeah, talking about the black plague. So while this war is going on, while this economic disaster, high taxes, diseases running rampant, people dying, there's also a plague going on. It makes sense, though. Yeah, and it wouldn't be called the Black Death until later, and it was mainly referred to as the Pestilence or Great Mortality. mm Well,
0: yeah, that also makes sense. Also makes sense. It's like calling it the Cold War. They probably didn't call it the Cold War during the Cold War. They just (laughs) called it war. (laughs) Like, we're probably in war, right? Right? I think so. Almost. Is this some sort of nuclear race? I'm not sure. Okay. Don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, while diseases were normally spreading to humans through like rats and fleas, this new plague evolved into an airborne disease that was easily spreadable between people.
0: Okay. I did not know that. I, I knew it was usually rats, little Mm -hmm. rodents, but I didn't know it
1: was airborne. This was the first time it switched to airborne. Okay, that's... Man, I'm kind of happy that we didn't have to live in this time. I know. You're going to wait till you hear how bad it was. (laughs) Holy shit.
0: Oh, I'm scared.
1: Yeah. It's an estimated that a total of 30 to 60% of European population and one third of the Middle Eastern population perished. That is
0: Astronomical.
1: Yeah, and it was reported that Germany suffered a 40% loss. Provence in southeast France lost 50% of its population. And Italy, 70%. It 70? Yeah. And this caused the death of 25 million people worldwide. And peak mortality rates hit from uh 1347 until 1351.
0: Also, just think about the time period. Like, these are definitely estimated numbers. There's yeah. no way there was, like, a solid, concrete way to record all of this. Mm-hmm. And, like, it could be people that fell through the cracks.
1: Oh, yeah. This is, like, low numbers. I'm yeah. sure if they counted everyone, it would be much, much higher.
0: Good Lord. I'm still trying to... pro Italy, 70%. 70% of 7-0%. population. Seven, zero percent. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, 40, 50, and 70. Good Lord. And 25 million people worldwide. That's so many people. I know, it's a lot of people. And so many people died so rapidly Mm -hmm. that bodies were piling up in the streets and would be left to rot as there were too many to be buried fast enough. And then that's just contributing to disease for Mm -hmm. sure. And the trauma of seeing just piles of dead people in the streets. You might be like, that's my neighbor yeah that's the kid i babysat last
0: i was just gonna say are like kids are probably super Uh, susceptible and oh my god and it's in areas like especially if you think of areas in europe that have like always been uh or for like the longest time have been populated like london or something Mm -hmm. like that just the space to bury people is already limited
1: yeah and the streets are narrow Mm -hmm. on top of that and people are just squished together
0: oh ew Ooh, the smell. Imagine the smell. Ew. I
1: know. It would stink. And like sanitation down there, nothing. I
0: Disgusting. mean, at this point in your story, even for like the next 200 years, people are still throwing shit out a window. Yeah. <laughs> in buckets. So <laughs>
1: watch where you're walking. Um, And often because there were so many funerals, many of the normally honored traditions and customs were just rushed or cut down. So if you had your tradition, probably just skipping through it.
0: Ugh. And, and back then at this point what else do you have really except your faith
1: yeah except for just try to be healthy and not catch it good lord and many of the cemeteries would fill up obviously the church is strained to perform last ceremonies or even find a final resting place and in this instance they would use plague pits uh or mass graves to dispose or lay to rest the bodies of the deceased this <laughs>
0: just keeps getting more and more macabre plague pits like as soon as you said plague pits, the first thing I thought it was just a crater in the earth where you're just tossed in. Just imagine, like someone has
1: to dig that out,
0: you and have, you so have be- you have no cattle to help you. You are probably
1: the sick people that they're probably trying to get buried their own grave
0: Real, and you're not even finished digging the hole, and they're just launching bodies in, and, and then you're probably getting sick because they're just throwing. probably just die right into it. And then you're like, okay, on top of all this, it's like fucking famine out here, basically. Yeah, so you're like I'm weak. Just yeah, no so clean water. Last. Life expectancy during the play was
1: seventeen years old.
0: Hell, whoa, seventeen—just a little
1: baby man. If you made it to that, exactly—that's it. And expectancy. how, like, you're barely old enough to keep the population going? Like, that's crazy. Like I'm seventeen, I got no game yet. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm not even an adult yet. <laughs> can't even buy booze in Canada yet. Can't even buy a lottery ticket yet. No. But, anyways, so historian Barbara W. Tushman. Uh, author of a distant mirror the calamitous 14th century looks at what the effects of the 14th century mainly the black death had on society
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she looks at quote comparing the aftermaths of the black death and world war 1 james westfall thompson found all the same complaints economic chaos social unrest high prices profiteering deprived morals lack of production industrial insolence frantic gaiety wild expenditure luxury debauchery social and religious hysteria greed avarice mal- min- maladministration decay of manners history never repeats itself said voltaire man <laughs> always does end quote which is the same thing <laughs> well i mean if like i guess history like if you look at like nature it might have a similar pattern, but I don't think it would ever like
0: truly repeat itself. Mm-hmm. I think it would have highs and lows. I, I understand the, the point he's making mm-hmm. completely. It's, it's it's a good it's, thing to think about. Especially what he listed is pretty much all man made problems. Yep, exactly. So yeah, it is man that is repeating itself. But mm-hmm. I mean at this at this point, it's man that is making history, really. Yeah. So it's kinda of conundrum there. But it's man that only cares about history it's yeah nothing else cares about history wow that's such a good point too because even as you're listing things off i'm like that's kind of still a problem oh that's kind of well still you look a at problem. the pandemic we just went through
1: yeah all the same things yeah all the same things oh that's spooky and this is for, this is for 1400s yeah or 1300s oh yeah okay
0: 14th century 14th. yeah i know it's so confusing yeah
1: mm-hmm. okay 14th um century, 1300s
0: great point yeah you're right You're right, sir. It is man. It is man. It is man. It causes problems.
1: Yeah. And just for the people that don't know, James Westfall Thompson was also an American historian that specialized in medieval and early modern European history. And Voltaire was a famous French writer and philosopher during the 16 and 1700s. I've heard the name Voltaire. Yes. And it was during this time that the divide between the rich and the poor grew bigger and, quote, there have been acts of violence because the poor will not suffer this, but know not how to obtain their right except by rising and seizing it themselves. They formed associations to refuse to work for so low a price as formerly, but they will rise the price of their own authority, end hmm. quote. What else can you do? Right. That's and it's exactly what we're seeing again this day and age. I mean, you're looking at all the strikes that are happening in uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the strikes that are happening all around the world and stuff, and um, whether it's for your women's rights or for pay or for healthcare or oh, for so education, you name everything, it, Honestly, everything. Honestly, you name it,
0: mm-hmm. wow.
1: everything. So it's it's very reflective on like what previously happened mm-hmm. and it coming back around and. How exploited we are as poor people. Yes. I'd say I'm poor, but we are definitely poor people. We're in a
0: generation of poor. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we,
1: uh, Sex work,
0: obviously. It's I can sell pictures of my feet. I want to a sugar baby. I'll be that. Let me be a sugar baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to make money these days. No, what this else is are we the podcast. Do? This is how we're going to make money. <laughs> I mean, we are featured on Podbean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, there's also another quote by Tushman, and it says, quote, The peasants, too, felt oppressed by the rich and was forever struggling against the Lord's effort to grasp by one means or another more of the peasants' product or more of his services. Cases in manor courts going back to 1250 show peasants in consecrated deliberation refusal to plow the Lord's fields, thresh his grain, turn his hay, or grind at his mill. Persisting year after year, despite fines and punishment, they denied bondage, disposal of land without consent, joined in bands, and assaulted the bailiff or to rescue a fellow peasant from the stocks, end quote. So people banded together and they they lasted and they were firm in their stance. They did not give up.
0: Yeah, because even if your punishment is like, oh, we're going to fine you then because you didn't plow this fucking field, it's like cool what's the worst that's going to happen it's me not paying you yeah. so sure you're going to send some guy to come and get me great I have a whole fucking army behind me of people who are also protesting all of this so like yeah. sure come for me because I got a a fucking gang behind me you're trying to take something i don't have yeah like what what are you gonna
1: take you got nothing else
0: for real like i can't apply your field because we're in a fucking famine here and my mule's dead and the black plague <laughs> got the plague leave me alone You think saying famine is a uh, umbrella term yeah. but yeah like
1: what else do these people have i know they got nothing left and so they are fighting for everything right yeah And so we're going to kind of move into um, the legend of the three living and the three dead, Mm. which was first thought to be introduced in France by poet Baudouin de Cod, who was active from 1240 to 1280. And part of his poem reads, quote, you will be as we are. Behold yourselves, betimes in us. Power, honor, riches are nothing at the honor, nothing at the hour of death. Only good works count, end quote. So it's, it was just kind of to remind you that, you know, what what you do mm-hmm. kind of matters and you should focus on the right things.
0: Yeah, saying good works mm-hmm. is kind of a catch-all for
1: basically being
0: decent. Yeah. Be a decent person. Decent Think outside yourself and, yeah, think of your fellow man. Exactly. And uh, Conde's poem
1: was re-illustrated in 1310 by the Psalter of Robert de Lis manuscripts, as well as the Salter Bon of Luxembourg. And a Salter is a type of prayer book or also known as a book of hours.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Okay.
1: And in the Robert de Lys, de Lisley, um, there is an illustration followed by the moral story of the three living and the three dead. And the illustration features two boxes side by side. In the left box are three young noblemen that face to the right Dressed in elegant robes and their heads adorned in crowns, their hands gloved in white, their feet covered in fine slippers. So they're dressed very nicely. Yeah, And the one on the left holds a scepter and the one on the right has a bird perched upon their left hand as they hold their right to grasp at the center noble who seems shocked by what they've stumbled upon. Interesting. And their faces are shocked, disgusted, and dismayed by what they've seen before them. And in the box to the right are three corpses in different states of decay. Oh my god. Starting from the middle is the newest corpse. Their head tilted down, eyes closed, still in mourning over their fate. Their head and body covered in cloth. Their left hand is clutched to their chest and the right sits on the shoulder of the corpse to their left. This corpse is slightly more decayed and stands straight facing the nobles. Some of their clothing has covered them and some of it is decayed and frayed. There are maggots on his stomach and he holds his arms crossed over his chest. The third skeleton on the far right has no cloth covering him nor maggots. He stands tall and faces the reader straight on with a smile on his face and arms at his sides. He welcomes you to your fate. Ew. Yeah, so there's a couple of different depictions, but that was, like, uh one of the main ones that I found.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what I pictured in that right box is basically a gradient of death yes, and decay. exactly. <laughs> that's and so creepy, though, just yeah. standing there like, look, do you see what's below me right now? This is the worst that it's going to be. Is, this is your fate. This is what's coming.
1: Come at me. Exactly. Ooh. And above the illustration are some inscriptions which depict... Uh, the three living crying out, quote, "I am afraid, lo what I see, methinks these be devil's three end quote. And the three dead reply, quote, "I was well welfare, such shall you be for God's love, beware by me." end quote. A little warning there. Yeah. And then below the illustration, the poem reads, "The first living king, friends, look what I see. Unless I have gone quite mad, my heart shakes with great fear. See there, three shades together, how ugly and strange they are, rotten and worm-eaten. The first dead king. The first shade said, Lord, do not forget about because of this bird, nor for our bejeweled robes, that you are not obeying well the laws that Jesus Christ has commanded by his holy will. The second living king. The second said, I desire, friend, to amend my life. I have overindulged my whims, and my heart is eager to do as much as my soul submits to God the King of Pity. The Second Dead King Gentlemen, said the Second Shade, the truth is that the death has made us such as we are, and you will rot as we are now. Until now you were so pure and perfect, however you will rot before the end. The Third Living King The Third Living, who wrings his hands, said, why, has, why was man made so lowly that he must receive such an end? This was too evident a folly. God would never perpetrate this madness so brief a joy and such great pleasures. The third dead king. The third shade says, know that I was head of my line, princes, kings, and nobles, royal and rich, rejoicing in my wealth, but now I am so hideous and bare that even the worms disdain me, end quote.
0: So those were all quotes in relation to the two squares. You have yes. one that has the three men in their riches, essentially, mm-hmm. and the right square is the, as I said, the gradient of death, the the three shades. Yes. Yeah, and that was, uh, quotes that are basically describing each of the six figures you see.
1: Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, and the kind of how they're going about what they think of what they're seeing before them and their yeah. uh, reactions
0: to everything. Reactions are very interesting, actually.
1: Because mm-hmm. the one is like, I must have gone mad. Um, like I can't be seeing this in front of me. And the and the shocked expression that is seen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then the second living king is like, I desire to amend my life. They mm-hmm. understand what they must do then. And then the third living king um, doesn't understand why this could possibly be happening.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but I've, all three of them. Basically, weren't. I've lived a very sheltered, privileged life. What the hell? Nothing's ever been said to me that would ever warn me for what this is Mm -hmm.
1: shouldn't i indulge in the pleasures of the earth it's Mm -hmm. like well to an extent of course not to hurt other people but there's a
0: fate i'll fucking waiting for you just look exactly look to your left
1: yeah and (laughs) this this poem was used to convince people that they must consider their actions in this life and how they affect you in the next Mm -hmm. how to fix their behavior now before it's too late and you regret it and there's much more to this poem that i have not been able to translate as it's like four or five pages long
0: i mean i've i'm so impressed by the picture you painted so
1: and it's like i've seen the pictures of different um different manuscripts that all have the same depiction of the three kings and the three dead and um it's all like it written in like the most incredible like handwriting like the old english like the with the script and it's it's very cool but illegible <laughs> well yeah and in french too so i had to translate it from
0: Oh, and in French on top and of all of that. And in French on top of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I worked hard for this. You're doing amazing. I'm Thank I you. have this as as you talk. I don't know if you can see. I just kind of like dazed off. Dazed off. I kind of look towards the ceiling because I'm picturing everything you're saying and like trying to keep it tra- in track and not. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like okay. I'll it's follow along here and I can visualize everything you're saying. So yeah, hopefully
1: everyone else can too. And um. The versions of Baudin's work have appeared in many more manuscripts, reaching as far as London, Manchester, Turin, Italy, Belgium, and even Austria.
0: All right. So he's like, hey, Europe, what's up?
1: Yeah. So the three three living and the three dead was a very um, common and well-known concept. Mm -hmm. And though French depictions often had both literary and illustrated depictions, Italy mainly had examples of iconographic depictions. But some argue that France was not the first to understand that um, where there is life, there is always death. Um, The Four Meetings of Buddha is about a prince born in 558 BCE. Good Lord, that is ancient. Yes, very old. And he undergoes a spiritual crisis at the age of 28. His life is... (laughs) Same. I mean, (laughs) yes. We're both 28 sitting here like, what is life? life sucks <laughs> so we get it we're right in his shoes and his life is full of luxuries which ours is not okay yeah. well no and the pleasures of whatever he wants which again ours okay is not. must be
0: nice sir i know can't even get a coffee without thinking about it <laughs> uh, will my wallet forgive me probably not but this is a damn fine
1: coffee but i'm still standing in this line so i'm gonna get it yeah And then one day he decides to change his plans for the day and happens to have four meetings with four different types of people, an elderly person, an ill person, a funeral procession, and a beggar. And it was then that his perception changed and he understood death, becoming aware of life without a body. It was then that he decided to give up all earthly possessions. And this turns him into a soul that seeks to be illuminated and enlightened, becoming Buddha.
0: Wow, that is fascinating. I never even thought about. Well, who was Buddha? Yeah, you and like where Buddha it really started. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And okay. how things
1: are connected. Um, and then it's believed that this theme migrated through Islam th- into European Christian ideologies as well. Most likely. Most likely. And so
0: a popular no, method- says me most likely. Most likely. Yes. come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> My astute opinion says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, so a popular method of painting in the Middle Ages was fresco. And fresco is a type of mural painting technique where the plaster is applied onto the walls while it's still wet. Um, so people would take dry powdered pigment and lay it into the wet plaster, which becomes a part of the wall rather than just painting on the surface of the wall.
0: I love that so much. And I mm-hmm. fucking love murals. You know, a mural that I think of a lot, actually. In the Sanderson Center. At the the ceiling? Yeah. Oh it's it like amazing. The three ladies, they're like whatever goddesses. It's been a really long time since I've been in and there. And they're like all playing an instrument and you have like a weird little goat man off to the side. And it's just this gorgeous mural. It's, excuse me, it's um a like re-render of what used to be there, but it's so gorgeous it's it is amazing it's, it's a got huge arched ceiling and this giant mural on there and like a huge chandelier too is yeah. there in the middle mm-hmm. and it's it's really really pretty and i and i never knew that it was essentially the way it's cre- uh old school murals are created is that it's a part of the wall mm-hmm. like i just would have assumed you just painted on there so that's
1: crazy yeah that like michelangelo his like his depiction on the ceiling is um
0: is also fresco that is so cool, mm-hmm. fresco, fresco. Okay, yes, F R E S C O, fresco. fresco. Uh, not to be confused with Fresca, the disgusting sugar-free carbonated drink,
1: <laughs> or Wells
0: Fargo, the bank. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not that. Not, definitely not that.
1: No. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So
0: fun. Track, I'm learning right? so
1: much. I. That's that's always my hope when I come here is that everyone learns a
0: little something. I love learning. It's my favorite pastime. Well, that's all a podcast is, is learning something. You better fucking learn something or else why are you here? Hmm? Hmm?
1: Hmm? Just for background noise, we don't appreciate it. <laughs> Just kidding. We appreciate the listens regardless.
0: That's when someone was actually listening. Like, hey, call me out.
1: Cool. They're calling me out right now. <laughs> um. So the Atri Cathedral and Abruzzi, Abruzzi Italy? Yeah, that's fine. That's it. Features three noblemen dressed in fine red robes encountering two skeletons, and this was created in uh, 1275. So, this was also another depiction of almost the three living and the three dead, but it was three living and two dead at this point, And they were skeletons that they came across.
0: Honestly, this is how you know how much like Christianity has seeped its way into everything. Cause I, every time you say like three whoever, I'm just picturing three wise men.
1: Yeah. Three. <laughs> Well, I wonder if threes are just like the number three is a very special number. Oh, for sure. Because like, I mean, I know the number 12 is supposed to be really special because I mean, we have 12, like the 24 hours split into two. Um, We also have the 12 months. We have the 12 zodiacs. We have the like, if you're, I guess, Christian, the 12 apostles, the like, there's a bunch of different things that the number 12 keeps popping up.
0: Yeah. Three kind of just seems to be like that magical pairing. Yeah. Divide between Mm -hmm. the 12 and stuff. Yeah.
1: oh it is a yeah right a multiple yeah multiple maybe (laughs) sure okay (laughs) can you tell that math's not our thing
0: it isn't it's really there's multiple times on this podcast where math comes in and i'm like hmm.
1: you just don't Hmm. hear the
0: confusion because we pause and make sure you don't hear it and we could totally erase all of this to make us seem smarter but why would we because hi we're human yeah exactly this is real life (laughs) And so we're going to kind of move
1: into the triumph of death. Okay. And so in Pisa, Italy, another depiction of dead or death holding or using a Scythe was uh, created known in the frescoes of Campancento of Pisa, which is the cemetery in Pisa. Wow. Um, and it's near actually the Leaning
0: Tower of Pisa. I mean, that's obviously, obviously. the first I mean, thing I, I, don't I pictured. Know how big Pisa is, but... But now I'm just trying to picture if there's frescoes mm-hmm. in a cemetery is yep. it like a mausoleum
1: kind of it's like from what i've seen of pictures it's um this big um like columns it's got like walls and then it's got columns arched columns on the inside and the paintings i believe are within those hallways
0: okay. and in the very
1: center is kind of like a courtyard
0: see and that's what's also cool is because it's like immediately when you think of about- a a fresco in this case you think of a mural which obviously sounds interior yeah so that's very cool but they do paint
1: it on the outside
0: and in cemeteries as well
1: okay yeah because i believe that it's like an archway um, a path of like archways yeah it's like it's like from what i've seen like a big rectangular um building and then (sighs) there's no roof to it and what year is this from um this was in the 14th century that the like that the um
0: painting was done oh my god is it still there today? Uh, or like pieces let of me
1: it. get let me get into that i'm just like
0: we can just keep mm. making this like world map of places to go to because that's just so fascinating
1: yeah it really is oh wow yeah and um like in a series of paintings that were done by many different artists range from the 14th century until the 15th century in this place so there was like a bunch of different murals mm-hmm. painted by different
0: people as they went along Wow! As they built it. Then it's also just like this cool little time capsule. It's of, basically of a an art gallery. Yeah, a permanent art gallery. Wow! Yeah.
1: And from around 1336 to 1341, which was about five years before the Black Death had begun, um, Buono Amico, Buffalo Macchio All right. Painted the Triumph of Death, which was about 15 meters wide. Whoa! These are huge paintings.
0: Fifteen
1: meters times so a meter three, is
0: probably... so it's like forty-five feet. Uh, probably, yeah. Fifteen, 15, 15 meters. meters It's probably forty-five feet. Dyson, do please, the math. please do our fact checking. But that's giant. It's big and it's
1: it's tall. 49. It's
0: forty-nine feet. Oh, you're close. Okay. All we're right. Yeah. <laughs> what so about forty-nine math? feet? Whoa, Ooh. math. <laughs> we're just talking about how we're not good at it. <laughs> I mean, you didn't get the right answer, but we were I did close. not get the right answer at we were all. We close. I just assumed a yard is a, a meter, which is three feet. And Okay.
1: Anyway. There's Whoa. so many different measurements
0: you could do. That's okay. You know what? Who cares? Giant. It's a giant.
1: Big, big
0: painting. Project yes. this man undertook.
1: Yeah. And then until the last few centuries, many p- people believe that uh, Francesco Trin- Trinini painted the triumph of death. Um, the reasoning behind it is that he had also painted the first fresco in there that adorned the walls, the crucifixion oh. but may dispute that it is uh, Buffalo Ma- Michael um, who painted it and actually painted a couple of their paintings as well.
0: Imagine you're the guy that did paint it and you're not getting credited. I know and I was it took me so long to figure out because there
1: was a couple of different places where they were referencing uh, Trinini, but then there was other places that were referencing Buffalo Mi. Buffalaman- Bafalaman- 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 Bafalamanco. Bafalamanco. And so, um, but when they were referencing uh, Trinini, they assumed or thought that it was painted in 1350s, mm. but it was actually painted earlier than that. So it turned out to be.
0: And then all of the history you're giving before this just adds to why it would be difficult for people to figure out exactly who did what and when because you have these cases of people rebelling and whatever else Dying. is happening where records are being destroyed or lost and it just adds to this h- bigger picture yeah. of trying to pinpoint a history in, a timeline in history
1: mm-hmm. or they don't sign it or they do it anonymously, anom- anonymously? anonymous anonymously anonymous. 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 Anonymous.
2: Anonymous. 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 Yeah.
1: so um and it's also noted that the Pisa was badly affected by the Black Death in 1348 and was interrupted, uh, interpreted mm-hmm. as a divine interference and punishment for sins. Well, that's in Italy, right? Yeah. And you said 70% yeah. of the population. So people thought the end was near. And it was basically <sighs> for 70% of them. So,
0: yeah, crazy. Scary, scary. scary.
1: And then uh, Barbara W. Tushman in her uh, book also references this as well, uh, the triumph of death or triumph of death and describes as, quote, Death swoops through the air towards a group of carefree, young, and beautiful noblemen and ladies who converse and flirt and entertain with each other with books and music in a frantic, uh, fragrant grove of orange trees. A scroll warns that no shield of wisdom or riches, nobility or power, can protect them from the blows of the approaching one. They have taken more pleasure in the world than in things of God. In a heaps of corpses nearby lie crowned rulers, a pope in tiara, a knight tumbled together with the bodies of the poor, while angels and devils in the sky contend for the miniature naked figures that represent their souls. Mm -hmm. A wretched group of lepers, cripples, and beggars, one with nose eaten away, others legless or blind, or holding out a cloth-covered stump instead of a hand, implore death of deliverance. Above on a mountain, hermit's leading a religious contemplative life, await death peaceably. Below, in a scene of extraordinary verve, a hunting party of princes and elegant ladies on horseback comes with sudden horror upon the three open coffins containing corpses in different stages of decomposition. One still clothed on half-rotted, one a skeleton. Vipers crawl over their bones. The scene illustrates the three living and the three dead. A horse catching the stench of death stiffens in fright, with outri- outstretched neck and flaring nostrils. His rider clutches a handkerchief to his nose. The hunting dogs recoil, growling in repulsion. In their skill, in their silks and curls and fashionable hats, the party of vital, handsome men and women stare appalled at what they will become. End
0: I love the absolute, like stark contrast mm-hmm. that is depicted there. Yeah. And it reminds me of what something you said earlier with the essentially 14-year-olds. What was it? Philip VI? Richard. Not, R- Richard. Richard II. Okay, Richard II. Man, so many names. I know. There's a lot. That guy who, during a war, is pretty much just wanting to party with his friends. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have this terrible war going on, this overall poverty amongst people, especially the lowest of classes. A huge sickness coming through. Right and then... then- what you the picture you just painted there and everything you described is like people of of wealth and noblemen and women and whoever who are just so uneducated of what goes on below them mm-hmm. and the people who really do suffer exactly and uh you also said about like the skeletalized the three forms of the corpses yeah ex- and goes right back to the depiction of death that you were talking about with the three sort of People dressed in their riches, yeah. mortified by the gradient of death. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's a very common motif and mm-hmm. theme that you see repeated.
1: And I mean, I'm only talking about a couple of different uh, paintings or illustrations
0: or uh, writings of it. But it's just repeated over oh, yeah. and over and over again. I love to see that, like the linear there, the like mm-hmm. common thread amongst all of it.
1: Yeah. with different changes here and there. I mean, um, in this case, death is shown as a woman. Yeah. That's fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah, and re- is referenced as Lady Death in many cases.
0: Lady Death. Lady Death.
1: And in the bottom, uh, the most bottom left of the painting, it depicts the hunting party on horseback, alarmed by the three corpses lying in coffins in front of them. Mm-hmm. In the bottom right corner of the painting is the group of maidens and a young man dressed in fine clothing enjoying the gardens. Mm-hmm. And between these two d- depictions is Lady Death floating in the blue sky holding a large scythe preparing to swing a giant blade in the direction of the joyous maidens. Um, As if to warn people that death might strike at any time. Yeah. And then beneath her is the heap of bodies from the newly dead that subjected to the angels and the devils um, taking the souls from the deceased. Mixing among the bodies are the Pope, the crown rulers, the knight, and the bodies of the poor. So, and this signifies that,
0: yeah, again, anyone is susceptible to this and you have that, those parallels of like, you don't know when, and it, it, death is not prejudice or bias in any way. It's just, you know, you fall when you fall.
1: We all have our day. Yeah. Exactly. And then, um, in the top, uh, kind of like right of the painting is the battle between the angels and the devils over the souls, um, uh, that are being released by Lady Death. And then, um, sadly, most of the frescoes were destroyed after a bomb detonated during World War II. Of course. Uh, in July or August of 1944, right before the, the war ended, the year mm-hmm. before. And it caused the ceiling to cave in and a fire to start. Oh. So most of that fresco was done.
0: Was but gone. at least you have these people who have actively, like... Um essentially archived it in a way of mm-hmm. like we'll talk we'll write about it we'll analyze it it's in writing we at least have the history about it mm-hmm. but yeah the fact that something's so nonsensical is what took it out exactly and it was
1: reported that the bomb was from an allied uh, <gasps> Pearson at the time so if it was in Italy uh, it would have been allied to Italy I mean Italy wasn't in a great position I was gonna say but... it was gonna a
0: German most likely
1: yeah <laughs> if it's an ally <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't remember if they mentioned
1: like (laughs) if they wrote it as ally with a capital A or ally with a lower A. If it was capital A, I would assume that it was like um England and um France and and the U.S. and Canada. I would assume that 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 if it's a lowercase A, then I would assume that it's the allies of Italy and Germany Mm -hmm. and Japan. But I can't remember if it's either or. But it did say allied bomb. So
0: either either way, you know um that's confusing a little confusing eh but now now it's like okay it doesn't matter because either way this fresco was destroyed but now i'm like okay cool so like was it by one of their own men or did you know the good guys get in there thinking that they were well just doing war and then (sighs) just doing war just doing war and then the painting got in the way obviously
1: yeah how dare it stand still but um yeah so unfortunately yeah the fire started So, all this to say, people needed an outlet, a memento mori, a symbolic and artistic celebration of death, a reminder of how quickly life can be taken.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And thus was born a new artistic genre on the universality of death, the danse macabre or the dance of death. Ooh. And this was inspired by the three living and the three dead. And it could be expressed through poetry, music, theater, writing, art. And it mainly featured death depicted through skeletons that joined the living in a dance. And it shows that every day is a dance with death until one day you stop dancing. And they dance on the
0: graves, like their own graves. I'm getting like major Renaissance times. This is, this is
1: leading right into the Renaissance. Yeah. yeah this okay. is the time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when people reference doing the dance of death, it might mean like actually dying. Like you actually, like once you do the dance, you die. It could mean either or. Mm -hmm. And um, it was also believed that the dance of death was performed in churches or other sacred spaces before it was recorded as visual art. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. In France, the earliest known pictorial artistry of the Dance of Death was a series of murals on the walls of the cemetery of the Holy Innocence Church in Paris, which were painted in 1424 and 1425. Mm. And it depicts a dead king in his crown with his subjects all dancing with skeletons or corpses in between them. And this would be 75 years after the Black Death. And it showed... 15 pairs of figures each having a living figure dancing with a dead figure and this mural mural was unfortunately destroyed in 1669 due to construction construction happening in the neighboring streets
0: oh no yeah
1: um but luckily in 1485 french paint uh printmaker guy marchand reproduced the cemetery's paintings uh Dance macabre, the cardinal and the king and dance macabre the chambermaid and the housekeeper um both depict two living persons one attempting to turn away or pull away from death and the other accepting their fate while two skeletons grab and pull at the two living persons in each depiction i want a depiction of this on my
0: wall <laughs> it sounds so cool
1: it, it's it is kind of cool it's like it's just like almost like um a pencil rendering of it. It's like kind of just black and white lines. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and then it's like, yeah, the two men and then the two women also. Um, And the dance of death inspires death and the maiden, a motif that often featured a skeleton taking a young maiden into the afterlife, mainly at her resistance or pleading. Um, It is seen as more of romantic portrayal of love. And often uh, the woman is naked, clutched in the arms of death.
0: Is kind of like the, the absolute portrait of innocence.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even innocence die, right? Mm-hmm. And in 1509, German Renaissance painter Hans Baldung would paint the first of this motif, and uh, the death and the woman. And it features a woman staring at herself in the reflection of a mirror she holds, while death, shown as a decomposing corpse, skeletal and gaunt, stands behind her holding an hourglass above her head. At her feet is a small child wrapped in some silk that hangs from her body and a man is running towards Death, lifting his hand to knock away Death's arm away from the one that holds the hourglass above her head, trying to save her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in his next painting, it would be in 1517 and it is appropriately named Death and the Maiden. This is probably one of the more famous ones. And it features Death as a skeletal figure with decomposing skin, kind of a receding hairline, and wearing a dirtied cloth. Uh, The maiden clasps her hands together, pleading with Death to spare her. Her face and eyes are red as she cries, standing naked as Death grips her hair, gesturing for her to move forward uh, down into a tomb. Ooh. And above them are the words, here you must go. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. so in 1590, Shakespeare mentions death in oh. *The Taming of the Shrew*, and the line reads, "Quote, grim death, how foul and loathsome is thine image." End quote. And so, kind of all this to say that the modern Grim Reaper that we know didn't appear until about like the 19th century. Okay. Though the term "the Grim" was popular term for death in the 13th century. Uh, the first mention of like Grim Reaper appears in 1847 in a book called The Circle of Human Life, translated by Reverend Robert Menzies, and reads, quote, all know full well that life cannot last above 70 or at the most 80 years. If we reach that term without meeting the Grim Reaper with his scythe, there or thereabout, meet him, we sure shall we, uh, we sure shall. Death being thus the most certain of all certain events, why not begin at once the work of preparation for it? End quote.
0: I mean, great point.
1: Right? It's all, it's coming. And Mm -hmm. it's true at the, like, you know, about 70 to 80 years sometimes, hopefully we hope to reach at least 90.
0: And even, I mean, we do know that it is the most certain thing, because even think about in life, Mm -hmm. you create like a last will and testament and stuff like that, where you, the most certain thing is that you will die one day. So- be prepared in as many ways as you can
1: exactly and it can come at any time Mm -hmm. and so looking at like the dark history of the middle ages we see the development of death as a form of enlightenment something to respect something to fear Mm -hmm, and something to celebrate so why the sith the robes the skeletal figure the dark impending doom of your final day the skeletal figures are obviously in relation to what happens to your mortal body after you die, since no one can factually paint or describe what the afterlife is like, mm-hmm. right? And the Sith can be traced back to the agricultural disasters, uh, like the plague and many generations of the famine, and as if to say that your soul could be reaped or harvested by death uh, the day your dance stops. Okay, yeah. Because that's what they did with it, right? Yeah. And... Um, The ropes are most likely attributed to like religious figures that would hold the funerary services upon your death.
0: That makes sense too. So
1: kind of just bringing a lot of elements from a lot of different areas that they kind of saw on repeat over and over and Mm -hmm. over again, the symbolism of it. Exactly. And whether you believe in the Grim Reaper, like as female, male, wears a white robe or red, carried a scythe or an hourglass, whether it was reap your soul or it's going to guide it. it is also a reminder that death does not care for material possessions and there is no escape for anyone. No, there isn't. There isn't. And you want to hear kind of a little fun fact? Yes. Uh, The only days in your life that aren't 24 hours are the day you're born and the day you die.
0: Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. I I mean,
2: yeah. (laughs) Right?
0: The day I was born, my life was the, that day was two minutes I was born at a very young age <laughs> I was born at 11.58pm that's two minute day <laughs> <laughs> you're like last minute baby you're
1: like coming in hot
0: I uh, know and fun fact I was born on uh, Thursday May 12th mm-hmm. uh, two minutes I would have been a Friday the 13th baby and my mom was trying to make the people at the hospital change it just be like it's two minutes who cares make her Friday the 13th baby yeah. they're like ma'am no no. Literally can't do that. No,
1: <laughs> and we're we're happy for it.
0: Yeah, I need to know exactly when I was born. <laughs> exactly, you
1: need the truth.
2: I need the truth.
1: So yeah, do you believe in the Grim Reaper? I believe
0: in the Grim Reaper, Dyson. Do you believe in the Grim Reaper?
2: I'm gonna die someday. Yeah,
0: it's guaranteed. He said, "I'm gonna die someday."
2: He's gonna catch these hands
1: <laughs> coming and swinging.
2: Yeah,
1: your hands against the Sith. Oh. Shing. Now you've got stuff Shing. for
2: hands. <laughs> and you're <laughs> done. <is> she. She.
0: <laughs> I mean, like Sight. you said, it's the only thing we know for certain. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, we're going to die someday. The, the Grim Reaper will be there. And he doesn't give a fuck about your material possessions. Which is so interesting because when you were describing one of the depictions, like one of the paintings, and how it's like 15 pairs of people, mm-hmm. like... closest people to the king or whatever it was it reminds me of like in ancient egypt where like pharaohs or whoever would pass and they would be entombed and they'd have all of their favorite possessions and sometimes even be buried with people that Mm -hmm. were close to them because when they reach the afterlife they want to have all their things yeah and it's like such a stark contrast whereas the Grim Reaper is like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. It doesn't matter what you did, who you were, who you knew. um, I'm coming for you. Exactly. Because it's the only thing that's guaranteed.
1: Yeah. And you can't buy your way out. You can't bargain your way out. You can't negotiate your way out. Sometimes you can get a close call. Oh, for sure. And you're freaking lucky as hell and you might come back from it. You get a second chance. Cheating death.
0: Yeah. Hello, final destination.
1: Who's to say that when death does finally come for you, you don't pay for that cheat.
0: Oh. That's so true. It's like, or it could be like a two for one. It's like, you cheated death. Now I'm bringing you down with someone else.
1: Or the saying of once there is death, there is always death. Right? It was that in like, um, men in black or something that says that but
0: that sounds about right right it sounds like something
1: from <laughs> men in black but either way like you know there is always death somewhere when like you know you hear stories about people like oh my son made me you know late for work today and he said that he needed to eat something extra so we were five minutes late and uh you know we get to a certain spot and we see this accident if we had been here five mm. minutes before it would have been us
0: that's so true
1: Right, and it's like, and this kid's like, I knew mom, I wanted to, um, save us or whatever. So I made you get me my waffle. I think it was like on a TikTok video or whatever. But it was crazy, like things like that is crazy. Yeah, the choices you make. Yeah, I don't know
0: the exact example you're talking about, but like that is something that has happened so many times Mm -hmm. to people. Even, yeah, it's just so relatable. I mean, there's been times where, I'm sure people are like, oh, you know, I was driving, and I would usually go right at this turn but for some reason something was just telling me don't go that way this time take the long way or whatever go get a coffee yeah and then later you find out that there was like some insane thing that happened whether it was a really bad accident or like a fucking train derailment or something that happened whereas if you were taking that right turn as you normally would it could have been you exactly that's so so cool Mm -hmm. story i love hearing stories like that well i'm glad you enjoyed it that yeah you did an amazing job. Thank you. I love all of everything you told me. I love learning. I love all the information. Lots of history in there. All of the beautiful murals that have been painted in my head. Mm-hmm. Well, you could actually go and see them if you if you look for them. So yeah, some of the exact um, ones that you were describing, like if you send me the name of them or the artist or yeah, whatever, I'll then I can you. post pictures or you know, recreations or whatever mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. And alongside of that, we'll have photos of the LMAS update I gave at the beginning yes. with the suspects and the persons of interest. And yeah, it's just, it's a good place to follow us over there because we always do post stuff related to, to the cases, topics, stories that we cover. And uh, yeah. So thank you so much, Paige. You're welcome. I had for, so much fun. I love when you come on again, uh, when you come on the show. And again, you'll be on in April. April. Okay. Coming up on uh, two months there. Yeah. I don't know exactly when in April, but we'll figure we'll it out. figure it out. And maybe, in, maybe until like, I got like two months until then. I wonder if I can think of some suggestions for you. Mm-hmm. And or if anyone else has any suggestions, again, let us know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you want to hear? I'm gonna post some pictures about this case specific. So on that post, you can comment what you want to hear page cover. Exactly. Let me know what you want to hear next time. Yeah, so uh thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh thanks Podbean for featuring our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and uh yeah, I guess until then we will catch you on the dark side.
2: Bye. <laughs>